Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. September 19th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. Got a great show for you today. The Dean is back. He took his first vacation ever. He's tanned, rested, and relaxed. Mark Porter is here. But first, I've got to let you know about one of our great sponsors. When do you drink your AG1? If those of you who are watching the feed I got for the Buckeyes game versus Western Kentucky, there was an ad for this commercial. Very impressive. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support full body health. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. It replaces, it replaces, this is key, your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple, drinkable habit, creating a manageable daily habit. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. And a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com backslash bucknuts. That's drinkag1 backslash bucknuts. Check it out. Those of you viewing the show on the tube or the Twitter can see on the scroll there that uh, we have the ad up. And those of you seeing and watching, see the tanned, rested, and relaxed Dean. Bill Curlick is back. Mark Porter is here. Bill, welcome home. Please tell everybody what it's like to travel by private jet to Monaco (laughs) and rub elbows with the Kardashians. I'm still wondering why Bucknuts One didn't uh, uh, give me uh, provide the ride, but uh, no, it was uh, it was great. I mean, um, uh, the Grand Canyon, Bryce Park, Zion Park are absolutely awesome, and the uh, the thing that um, stood out to me besides the awesomeness of the parks was that it's kind of amazing the temperature difference. You know, it was it was cool, cool. You know, at the top of these parks, at the top of Grand Canyon, it's, you know, mid-60s, low 60s. And then you get down to the bottom or near the bottom of the canyon of the park, and, and it's 15, 20 degrees. It seemed like almost uh, higher temperature. 
then you drive from the Grand Canyon a few hours south and, and you're in your jackets. And then you get to Phoenix a few hours south and it's 100 degrees every day. So very uh, uh, great trip and, and learned some things I didn't really know and saw some things that I'm, I'm glad I saw. Sounds like the trip was more Griswold than Kardashian, but uh, we digress. Life went on, even though Bill went on vacation. That was obviously a test since you've never done it. We did not know. Life actually went on without yeah. Bill Sterlick, amazing as that may be. There was a football game over the weekend. Ohio State won 63-10. to 10. Every week you will see Mark Porter's Buckeye and the Sky breaking down the key plays from the game. Tell you something I found very interesting, Mark. JT Tuamalo and Jack Seller have been uh, dealt with much criticism this year. Pro Football Focus ranked Jack Sawyer as their player of the week in college football. He got seven pressures on the quarterback. Um, I was surprised to see it. But um, generally speaking, did you see a lot of progress against Western Kentucky? Of course, Western Kentucky, kind of a goofy defense, but a very formidable offense. Your thoughts? Uh, generally speaking, I have a couple thoughts that have come to mind. Is our offense – is going to be ready for a lot. They've seen a lot of different looks. They've seen the kitchen sink thrown at them. They've seen cover zero. They've seen zones. They really have seen these last couple opponents give you everything they got defensive-wise. Conversely, Jim Knowles has showed a little bit on defense. He, he's kind of given you a glimpse of some man-to-man, -man, maybe more man-to-man -man than I've seen in the past. Um, some real base coverages. I've only seen him rolling his secondary – um, a few times where it was looks like one thing and it was the other thing. When he first came in and did the spring game, every time he lined up in something, it was something different. There's been a little more vanilla out of him. Uh, and I'm thinking that's by design because Notre Dame's coming and I don't think they were going to show anything they didn't need to. And, and why would you show things against your little brother that you didn't need to? So that's kind of my first thought as I'm watching the film is, I'm, you know, are there any new – you know, variations or whatever. And the, the Ohio State offense, same thing. Uh, we've seen the clear-out crosser every week. We've been watching that for three or four years. We're seeing zone to death. You know, we're seeing a lot of the staples of the Ohio State offense, stuff you could have seen on film last year for them, but we're not seeing the wrinkles. Uh, we saw a little unbalanced, but we've seen that plenty of times in the past. So um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what we show on both sides of the ball against Notre Dame. As far as like we talked the past couple of weeks, the sky's not falling for our defensive ends. Um, the sky's not falling for the offense. This truly hasn't been a game planned offense or defense where I think it's a give chances to guys. And, you know, I, I hesitate to say this, but you're recruiting your own team these first three weeks sure. and you're making sure everybody's getting a piece of this pie and has a little bit of ownership in it. And at the end of the year, you're going to be able to look back and say, hey, we got you a lot of reps in those first few games, et cetera, you know, and, and, and kind of put your arm around all these guys you're going to need throughout the year. But I think the play for keeps, the, the best on best is coming this week, and you're going to see, you know, where the lines are drawn with playing times on people. But it, it, it's been vanilla so far for one word in a general sense. I think you, you make some great points there, and I've said this ad nauseum. Indiana did not play to win. They played to run the clock and keep the score respectable. First game of the year against an overmatched team, you probably didn't want to play as many plays for your guys, too, in terms of 
the attrition. Week two, Youngstown yeah. State. Come on. And then Western Kentucky. Listen, that quarterback's going to be in someone's training camp. I'm not saying he's going to be on an NFL team, but he's taken a lot of snaps. I think he's in his mid-20s. He's a good quarterback. He was not going to let you sack him. He was willing to throw the ball away. Um, their scheme is set up to do that. So, like you said, three kind of goofy um, in some way approaches to the defense. But now you're going to get hat on hat, traditional football. Both teams yeah. pretty much run pro schemes. Um, there's both offense and defense. I think two of the three teams in the country have both the offense and defense ranked in the top 10. So, like you said, we will see their best punch this weekend. And I do get the sense that Ryan Day, I wouldn't say holding back is the right word, but let's just say, like Mark said, hasn't shown all their cards yet. And um, I, and, and I really think – Go ahead. I think the new clock rules, when we've touched on a little bit, that's changing this game. And, uh, you know, Ryan Day has mentioned it in press conferences, but I'll tell you why he doesn't like it. It's not something a team that's always going to be the favorite likes. Okay? If you're the favorite, you want 85 plays a game for your offense because there's a better chance over time that you're going to win out. Even if you start off with 30 piss-poor plays at the beginning of the game, you know you got 50 more and things will go back to normalize. You know, But right now, with this clock moving as fast and possessions down, if you're the, always the favorite, you know you know what teams are trying to do to you when they're not the favorite, shorten the game. So, like you said, Indiana's running the ball. They're not snapping the ball until five seconds left right. on the clock. Boy, your margin for error is the favorite anymore. If I'm Ryan Day, I like the old way. If I'm uh, anyone else in the Big Ten, I like this way, you know, because sure. now we have a shot in a shorter game. Makes perfect sense. All right. It's amazing, but the Ohio State staff continued to recruit while Bill was on vacation. <laughs> um, Bill gave them permission to do so. And wouldn't you know, Bill, as always, we get a commitment. Eric Mensa from Mountain View High School in Stafford, Virginia. Uh, calling it a suburb would be a stretch. It's an exurb. I'll tell you what, if you're doing the commute from Stafford into the city every day, you are learning about traffic. He is a bigger dude. And there's been some confusion, I think, uh, maybe because of his listed height and weight, but Ohio State is in the quest for defensive ends, but Eric Mensa will not be filling that role, Bill. Bring us everything you know about the former Virginia Tech commitment. Yeah, I, in fact, I talked again with Eric Mensa. I, shame on me, I was on vacation, but uh, still, I, I think I uh, needed to call him. Um, talked to him, I think it was uh, maybe Sunday uh, afternoon or evening. But anyway, in the last 24, 48 hours, whatever, um, he is not, by the way, a defensive end. And I think anybody, if they see his correct measurables, 6'3", 290 pounds, is going to see a defensive tackle. That is what he has been recruited by Ohio State as, a defensive tackle. Now, he has experience playing defensive tackle, defensive end. And nose tackle. He's played all over that defensive line for his high school team. He feels most comfortable at defensive tackle. He has been recruited as a defensive tackle, and that's what he'll be. And you put him with Justin Scott, and you've got your two defensive tackles in the class. Um, now, of course, they have just one defensive end in Eric, I'm sorry, in uh, Houston. So, Edric Houston. Edric Houston. So they have to hopefully get another edge guy 
uh, for the class. And we'll see if that happens. As far as Eric Willer, uh, I saw the question there. Um, Eric Willer, I don't get the vibe at all right now that he is a priority guy for Ohio State. That's not to say that he can't end up at Ohio State. Um, he, he says he still wants to make an official visit and all. But um, I, I don't get the vibe right now that he he's a guy that uh, both sides, so to speak, are all in on that matchup. So we'll see what happens there. But at least Ohio State now has three defensive linemen. They want to have at least four when all is said and done in this class. You know, five would be great. I don't know that that's going to happen, but their recruiting goes on. If you uh, get a chance, I would – get to the tube of you and watch some recent Edric Houston clips. If you can, people, he is having a tremendous senior year. There are a few clips of Edric Houston that will, uh, that will amaze you. Um, he is really coming into his own as a senior this weekend, Bill, the number one offensive lineman in the United States in the class of 2024 out of modern day in California will announce his commitment. There was a time when we thought Ohio state would get it. All signs, all signs is a stretch. Let's just say the prevailing wisdom right now is that he will go to Texas. Mark Porter, you did a Buckeye in the Sky on Brandon Baker. The two of us basically need to take a go out and have a walk afterwards. I needed to bathe afterwards. It was so good. Um, your thoughts on Brandon Baker, uh, what he would do for the class if we were to join, and Bill, you can follow up with an update on his recruitment. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, if the, if the Cowboys lose Tyron Smith this year, he's just going to slide right in, and there'll be no difference for the Cowboys. He'll be just as good. I mean, we really have some high praise for this kid. He, he really, in, in a world of high praise, it's some of the highest we've seen just because of his speed, his explosion, athletic ability. It seems like he's just going to be a natural at the next position. You land him, and yes, you, your problems are solved at left tackle, much like someone who drafts an NFL tackle in the first round, like 10 years of Taylor Decker on your left side. Enjoy it. 10 years of Joe Thomas on your left side. Yeah. Like, enjoy it. Uh, Thank you, quarterback. And uh, I think that's the type of player he's going to be in college or the pros. Um, Yeah. You you bring him in and consider this class as good as it gets. All right, Bill. Now the bad part of the conversation. (laughs) Well, uh, the announcement is Sunday. And the announcement is six o'clock his time, which obviously uh, uh, is nine o'clock Columbus, Ohio time. Um, I'm getting used to that. I've been on the uh, West Coast time now for about a week. So 
now I'm trying to transition back to our time, but it's at nine o'clock Columbus time. He announces his decision. It is going to be on the um, 247 Sports YouTube channel. So uh, people will be able to watch it there. He has a finalist group of five schools, Ohio State, Texas, um, Nebraska, Oregon, and Florida State. He just made an official visit to Nebraska. He made three official visits, Ohio State, Texas, and Nebraska. He has made unofficial visits to Oregon and uh, Florida State. You know, I think, again, I've been on vacation, so I haven't dived into this in the last few days real closely, but uh, everything I know right now is Texas is trending, but I'll be, you know, looking into this more as the week goes on and we'll see what happens on Sunday. But I think it's uh, pretty well known at least that Texas is trending with him at this point. All right. We'll get back to that in one sec. I want to let you know about another great sponsor we have. Hey there, Bucknutters. Do you want your lawn to be the best on the block, but you're not sure where to start? That's where Jonathan Green comes in. Their lawn products are the secret to achieving the lawn of your dreams. Planting Jonathan grass, green grass, excuse me, is easy. Just spread it on your lawn, water it, and watch it grow. It's that simple. And here's the best part, Buckeyes fans. Jonathan Green grass, is naturally dark green in color. That means you'll spend less money on fertilizer and your lawn will look amazing all season long. And this grass seed is a super drought tolerant which means a smaller water bill for you. It can stand up to the toughest Ohio summers with ease. Plus, Jonathan Green grass seed has been formulated to be insect and disease resistant. That means less pesticides around your home, creating a safer environment for your family and pets. Don't wait any longer. Make your neighbors green with envy and turn your lawn into a showstopper with Jonathan Green grass seed. Visit jonathangreen.com and use coupon code BUCKNUTS10 to get 10% off your order. Jonathan Green Quality lawn since 1881, and once again, you can see it on the ticker. Now, let's get back to the subject at hand. One guy we discussed a lot, um, and we expected to discuss a ton, and maybe we still will, is Dorian Brew. We talked about how Aaron Scott and Bryce West give Ohio State two tremendous corners in this class. Both made the right decision and will be matriculating to Columbus. But we also talked about how next year's class of corners could be really, really impressive. And Dorian Brew was the headliner. Then we learned Dorian Brew is leaving Northmont for Texas. Who knows what's going on here? Um, either one of you can jump in on this first, Bill, Mark. What do we make of this? Um, it turns out he has family there. But just your thought on Dorian Brew moving to Texas, uh, how that could possibly affect his recruitment and all. Mark, why don't you start? Yeah, um, truly a unique situation. Bill and I go on the road and we run into all kinds of situations. We we do our best to go cover a player that's actually going to be on the team when we get there. It's one of the things we like to do, I guess. <laughs> uh, when you take a four-hour drive from Youngstown to Northmont and you're watching the game and you're looking out on the field, you're going, I don't see the guy I'm here to see. And, and you're like, you know what? He switched numbers on me. He's number three this year. That's what it is. I, I'm looking for his number last year. Uh, number three is Dalen Wilkins. And I got to tell you, he looked like Dorian Brew for a couple quarters. So he had me doing a double take. And Cedric Works, the defensive end from Northmont, yeah, he looks a little bit like Elias Rudolph, you know, uh, Brian Robinson. So there were other stakes for me to sink my teeth into while I was there. 
But after the first quarter, it started to hit me when they the announcer said number three wasn't Dorian Brew. I started to ask around, and it's one of those things where he's sick, uh, wasn't in school, or, you know, and, and a, a group of kids started giving me funny answers. One of them says, oh, he moved to Texas. And all the other kids looked at him like, uh, you weren't supposed to say that. <laughs> and as I talked to some of the adults in the room, yeah, at 225 that day, he withdrew from school unbeknownst to anybody. So it wasn't like uh, the coach could have called me and said, hey, uh, this kid's not going right. to play tomorrow. Literally nobody knew what was going on. Okay. And it, it was a weird situation. And it's something, you know, unique. Like week five, you got four games in with your team and you're, you're pretty established halfway through the year. And you're going to go jump on a new team in Texas and try to make an imprint there. And, you know, it, it is a strange situation to me. He had the biggest offers in the, the land as far as what he wanted up north. And uh, to go down there and think you're searching for different offers and you couldn't get those by doing what you were doing here, I don't know if that's the right story or that makes sense. Uh, I know his father is down in Texas and, you know, there, there's something there. But to do it in the middle of the year, I, I think it, it just doesn't add up for a lot of people. You know, like the, the math of it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And anytime there's a head scratcher like that, does it help or hurt your recruitment? You know, is, is this kid flaky where one day he's with you, the next day he's in the portal? Um, or is there a real reason behind the scenes that this makes more sense than we see in front of us right now? But to do that to a bunch of teammates and coaches that have supported you and featured you, and it really must be a brutal situation. In fact, I have the huddle page up behind me. Uh, he's no longer listed on the huddle page with Northmont. And I know a lot of times when kids go to different places, teams will leave them up there because they're, that's their resume and that's their body of work. And he's not up there. So I, I don't think it was an ideal situation for either party. Bill, on the face of it, if he's moving to Texas to add more offers and he already has an offer from Ohio State, that doesn't feel like a good development to me. Well, I think um, another part of the factor is just that a uh, big part of the factor is that the, the family in Texas and going down there. And you know, I've talked to Dorian many times, both in person and on the phone and messaging everything. In fact, um, very pretty shortly before I went on vacation, which would have been uh, basically right before that game that Mark talked about that he was at, Dorian and I talked about um, – me going down there and I said, I, you know, I'll be down there to see you play in the next week or two. Um, just a matter of which game I come down to see. And we talked about it and, you know, he, he was, you know, seemed pretty excited about it. He said, yeah, he didn't give any hint whatsoever. And Mark didn't know anything about this. I'm not sure that he knew even four or five days before he left that he was going there. Uh, you know, maybe he had some inkling, and, and I'm not sure that um, necessarily that uh, he was thrilled about leaving Ohio. He seemed very happy in Ohio uh, playing for Clayton Northmont and all that. So I, I think it was all uh, pretty surprising to everyone. In fact, I know it was. Um, I think recruiting wise, you know, like I said, I've talked to him many times and he's talked about uh, uh, his family in Texas. He is, uh, I think it was this summer, I believe, that he went back there uh, for a week or so to visit family. Um, he, he definitely has that connection. I think, 
that it's going to be in the end. His mom is an Ohio State legacy. He likes Ohio State a lot. I, I know he has an interest in Notre Dame. I think it'll come down. I think Ohio State is very much still in this battle. I think it'll come down to Ohio State, maybe Notre Dame, and then whatever happens in Texas. Obviously, um, Tarkeesian has the Texas program looking pretty good right now. So I, I think we've got to give it some time and see how it goes down there. And um, uh, But I do think Ohio State is absolutely still in this battle. There's no doubt in my mind. We will keep an eye on that. Obviously, we were really excited about Dorian Brew. He is basically your prototype defensive back for the modern era. And having him in Dayton, which is a traditional Ohio State stronghold, was making me optimistic. Now we got to see. All right. I, don't want, I am not trying to ambush you guys here, but there are some questions coming. We will take a variety of recruiting and Ohio State Notre Dame questions here to finish off the show. Jim Grushon, who's the kid on Maslin that destroyed St. Edward, and why has he not been offered by Ohio State? Maslin beat St. Edward. So the public school from Ohio did something the private schools from the D.C. area could not do. Mark Porter, I assume you're going to know this. If not, Bill, you better know it. <laughs> well, well, it, it, you guys know the name because we talked about it a, about a month ago. His name is The One. Yeah. The one Owens, and that is his first name because he yeah. is D A O N E. Is there a space and a capital only the O? No, that's what kind of makes it a little confusing. But once you say it a few times, you know it means the Got one. It. And even if it doesn't, he is the one. Um, I think he was averaging twenty yards a carry or something gaudy like that at one point in time this season. Uh, the first week of the season, he went for over a couple hundred yards rushing. Uh, if you remember, for the last couple of seasons, Maslin started Ardell Banks, a freshman, at quarterback, and then as a sophomore. And that experiment is now over. Uh, the one that has transferred in, I, I believe, from Copley or Coventry, but he's a transfer in as a senior. Um, wasn't a big-time college prospect. Doesn't, like, fit the mold. He's like a maybe 5'11 quarterback, but – has running back skills, receiver skills. Um, doing what he's doing is obviously going to get people to recheck him. And, you know, he may come up with some sort of a Kent State Akron offer before the end of the season. But, yeah, he, he was um, just the little ingredient that Maslin needed to take them over the top. They, they've had the team the past couple of years, but the quarterback position was young. This is certainly, uh, you know, an experienced guy, and it didn't take him long to mesh coming from a transfer. All right, next question, and we will not forget DeWan again. <laughs> Mika Hanna, he's good. She's good. I struggle with that. Who else are we looking at for safety and defensive end? I think we will regret, we will regret not offering Coy Beasley and Dominic Kirks. If we don't, what do you think? Coy Beasley, I believe, is Cincy. I think Dominic Kirks is Gahanna, if I'm not mistaken. Hannah Lincoln, is that possible? Villa Angela St. Joseph. Villa St. Joseph. I miss him up someone else, obviously. Just, uh, uh, just yeah, just saw Villa Angela St. Joe's last week to, to check out Bo Jackson. That film is coming, and that's an impressive one out of Bo Jackson. Uh, we got to do a thing every year where there's going to be 15 guys we regret offering. Uh, four or five of the names are going to be like Coy Beasley. Regret not offering. Or not offering. Regret not offering. I'm sorry. 
Uh, Coy Beasley and Dominic Kirks are obviously going to be two of those higher-ranked names that were really close calls and could, you know, be flipped at any point in time, like where, hey, we lost a guy, let's go to the Ohio guy. Those would be the quick fallbacks. But there's going to be kids that go other places that get drafted in four years, and you're going to say, oh, why didn't we, whatever. That's just going to be 10 to 15 kids every year in Ohio. And, and it, it's it's repetitive, but they can't take them all. Um, there's other guys out of state that are a little better on tape. Dominique Kirks, I tried to watch him really closely, and he's really good. But, I mean, it, it might be a hair difference between other guys where – you know, you just can't get all these guys in the class. Uh, Coy Beasley's speed, you're always going to regret not taking guys like that. You know, and when you see them play other places and go burning up and down the field, boy, you just wish you had more skill positions. But how does Brian Hartline fit another receiver in that room? You know, and if he does get in that room, who does he beat out? Uh, I mean, it's really, you know, tough. And he's a heck of a player on defense, but I think he's featured himself a little more on offense this year. But those are two great ones. I, I think, too, uh, uh, Hannah mentioned, you know, safeties, and she's getting at the safety defensive end thing. I still think that the guy to keep in mind is Tarion Nichols um, from Withrow. You know, they have offered him. He didn't make an official visit. He, of course, committed to Kentucky, and I believe he was at Kentucky's game in the last week or two. Uh, I think he may have been at their game uh, uh, on the Saturday that I was gone last Saturday. But in, in, in any event – uh, he's the guy more to keep an eye on as far as Ohio State and safety goes than Coy Beasley. Uh, I don't, that's not saying that I think he's going to flip. I'm talking about Tarion Nichols to Ohio State. I'm just saying that uh, he's the guy Ohio State is in contact with, and they did offer him a scholarship. Uh, they wanted him to wait and take his official visit after the season started. He didn't want to wait. He committed to Kentucky, but uh, still someone that they are in contact with and Perry Iliano has uh, continued uh, to keep that connection there. And, and let's go okay. back. I, I want to go back real quick. Eric Mensa, we talked about. I'll have a, an article on Bucknuts today on him uh, talking about his flip from Ohio State uh, or from Virginia Tech to Ohio State. So I'll have an article uh, about uh, Mensa and a lot of his comments on uh uh, that making that flip, and he's excited to be a Buckeye. I'll tell you that he is excited now that he's made that flip. Okay, so if we go back to the spring, I was with Coach Walton when we did the little spring roundup of all the college days. LaSalle was on that list, and Withrow was on that list in the same day. So he got a good hour workout with both of those guys up close and personal. And Nichols was the one that came away with the offer from that little trip. It was right after that workout where they offered Nichols. So if, if you want to know what the Ohio State coaches, they got the up-close personal, you know, like microscopic look at both players. Here's an interesting question. Zach Wine asks, is Sam William Dixon good? That good. They already had an offer from Ohio State before he played at Pick North. Mark? Yeah, obviously. I mean, we we broke down his tape as a sophomore, junior uh, at the Ohio State camp. He legitimized his speed. I think the only question was, could he play at pick north? You know, when we were talking the summer, like, right. oh, he's going to jump up from West Holmes. And we joked that's horse and buggy territory. But could he go from horse and buggy to the big city? And the answer is yes. And, you know, when Ohio State gets you in camp and they can line you up against other five star recruits, 
if you don't live up and you don't measure up, it's evident right away. You know, like five steps into the first drill, you're like, yeah, uh, he's been dominating uh, weaker competition. He's not ready for prime time, but he's ready for prime time. Yeah, he's been, he has played well at Pickerington North, no question about it. I'm going to see him play in the coming weeks in person for them, but I, I've been in, continued to stay in contact with him and people out of Pickerington North and all. He, he's absolutely played well for Pickerington North, very well. We'll finish uh, with some Notre Dame chatter here, Bill, but there's a couple questions on here. People want an update on Booker Pickett, and they want an update on my guy. Hold on. I'm losing my mind. Chance Robinson, possible flip. Now, Chance Robinson visited Ohio State uh, for the Western Kentucky game. He has told me um, multiple times in the last month or so, whatever, uh, that he is wants to make an official visit to Ohio State. His visit for the Western Kentucky game was an unofficial visit. Um, Ohio State has had as a goal for wide receivers in this class if they could get four they want, and he's a guy that they did uh, go after then. I think that uh, he will, in all likelihood, make that official visit to Ohio State, and Ohio State uh, could well end up getting Chance Robinson because he is, while he committed to Miami, he is absolutely interested in Ohio State. So uh, certainly a name to keep in mind. And um, uh, you mentioned one other name there, Dan, who was it? Chance Robinson. And um, it was my first question. And I believe that was about good Lord, William, you're making me work hard. I don't remember. Um, Hmm. We'll move on. I'll find. I'll find that one when we uh, when we go on here. You guys. Oh, big, oh, uh, one thing you said though, Dan, was the Ohio State Notre Dame rec- weekend or whatever recruiting. Uh, obviously, this is going to be a huge weekend recruiting wise for Notre Dame. They've got Ohio State coming into the house, and the eyes of the college football world will be on there. Those kids will all be guests of Notre Dame, but uh, uh, they're going to see Ohio State too. So it'll be a chance for Ohio State to impress a really good group of recruits with how they play. A good group of recruits is going to be there seeing them play in person. Yeah, I went and read uh, Notre Dame's recruiting story for the weekend. I was actually kind of surprised. There aren't as many guys on there as I would have expected, which leads me to believe they probably don't want. There was a game I remember a few years ago, Ohio State went to play at Oklahoma. And there was a guy visiting Oklahoma, and by the second half, he was sitting on Ohio State's side, and that didn't go that well for them. <laughs> by the way, like I, I fans hope that happens again. Yeah, I apologize for that brain cramp, Bill, and to the people there that are going to have a good YouTube clip of me doing the. But um, the name was Booker Pickett. Ah, yes. Okay, Booker Pickett. Um, he's another one that has continued to tell me he wants and plans to make an official visit to Ohio State. Right before I went on. Uh, break. He told me that he was targeting either the Penn State or Michigan State games for an official visit. Um, you know, he's a kid that High State is absolutely interested in. He is trending Miami right now. High State is interested, but um, you know, I, I don't necessarily uh, have the feeling that, like I did for uh, a couple of these other defensive ends, that he's a guy that. Uh, is absolutely a no-brainer. 
because he's not a defensive end really necessarily. They have recruited him as a linebacker. Now he's an outside linebacker type guy, a rush to passer guy. He had 30 sacks as a junior, if it tells you anything, but uh, he's not the guy that Ohio State has been looking for as a defensive end guy. He is, like I said, a guy that Ohio State has recruited all along as a linebacker. The only thing that makes me oogie about that is the last time they chased a Florida pseudo defensive end that was too skinny and known for getting sacks and moving to linebacker, it was Ryan Shazier. So I hope it's not a second coming of that if we don't get Booker Pickett. And all right, last mind, question. With, Pick, with Picker, Pickett, he's got uh, legacy and family and all that stuff at Ohio State, but he's got a, say, a lot of connections at Miami. Same thing type thing at Miami and Florida state for that matter. And he is already in Florida, obviously, uh, you know, where he plays his high school football at. Last question that will go to Mark Porter nine route. This guy wants to go deep going in to the Notre Dame game. What would you say the number one position group advantage Ohio state has in this matchup and the number one disadvantage? Boy, you know, I, I don't, break down Notre Dame that often. So I wouldn't know how, you know, where their defense or offense is, but watching our tape, I'm feeling pretty good about our receivers. That's the no brainer answer. I like the stable of backs. I think our offensive line, this is the first test, but they, they've, everything looks okay right now. You know, like the, they're clicking the, the kinks were being worked out, but that would be the position group that I would worry about on offense. Defensive line, I'm not too worried about on defense. We only have two linebackers to worry about, so we know what they are. We know that they run around and make plays, and we're pretty happy there. And in the secondary, that's a group that's coming together, but you know they haven't played together, but I think they're going to be fine because of the new additions, Ignosium and Ignosium. Sorry, I say that wrong, but there's some parts back there that I think could make this group really good, especially when we unleash what we have defensively with coach Knowles. Yeah. I've been really impressed with the physicality of the corners. Uh, Igbenosin, Burke and Hancock are playing better. I think that any corner group has in a while. I don't think they're back to the standards we had a few years ago when it was like, if you start, you're going to the first round. Um, but I'm very impressed with those guys. Very physical. And I think uh, Notre Dame's in for it, but we will get more into the Notre game later this week. Bill, you have one final comment. I, I got to give a shout-out to Jermaine Matthews. I know mm. <laughs> uh, I went and saw him play last year. And I, he, Mark and I talk about this a lot. You go to see a kid, and he's a cornerback, and they, everybody throws away from him and all that. And that Jermaine Matthews was not that guy. I mean, he wanted to make every tackle. He wanted to stick his head in there. Uh, he didn't want to just cover people. He wanted to uh, do it all. And I know Mark and I loved that kid last year. And uh, sure enough, he gets a pick six against Western Kentucky. That kid's going to be a player for Ohio State. He's going to be a good one. Anyone who's covered sports for long enough knows the ball finds playmakers. It just does. If it's on the offensive glass. If it's in football, it just seems to happen that way. We appreciate these playmakers for stopping by. We will be back on Thursday. Have a good one, Buffnutters.
It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.